You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 263 of the St. Julian's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by uh, executive video audio producer, engineer, Zach Burcham, and my forever co-host, Dakota Davis. What do we got going on today? Today's episode features Mike and Patty Broyles, and we're going to be talking to them about all things Newcastle this evening. Uh, first, we're going to be talking about uh, what I call the future of Newcastle. We're going to talk about some downtown buildings, um, anything that... I, I keep hearing rumors about buildings, and I know that Mike is the guy to ask, and he's going to be the one to tell me whether the rumors are true or not. And then uh, Patty Broyles is the president of the park board here, and we're going to be talking to her about outdoor recreation, parks, and walking paths, and updates, and funding, and all that fun stuff as it relates to outdoor recreation here. And uh, at the very end, there was an eventful uh, day for Newcastle Community Schools, and uh, we're going to talk some news on that front. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, we just did a extra special long. Patty said it was funny. She got to watch from the sidelines. Patreon with uh, with Chase, Pay- uh, Chase Payton. Chase Python was in the building. Mm-hmm. Noted Bears fan. Uh, or we, Buffalo, Bills or Buffalo fan. Bills fan. You have to you have to check out the Patreon <laughs> to see what that's about. But the uh, I think I think we had a good time. It was a we little did. extended cut. <laughs> that's right. A little behind the scenes from our uh, from our Nashville trip for the uh, our sixth annual and hopefully my final uh, bachelor party. If you've been listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty for some time, then you might remember before we started doing Patreon bonus episodes. We would always start off the show with a recap of the week, and we would tell our funny stories of things that happened to us uh, during the last week while we were off of the show. Now we promise now, all the funny stuff behind the paywall. There will be right. no jokes on the on the regular mundane episode. This is all very serious. As Dakota says we have to do it uh, that way. No smile lines in that real show. Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty. That's where you can go to support the show every month. That's how we pay Mike every month, and uh, that's also how we pay the electric bill and... For Metronet. It's like we're printing money though, because Mike is also a patron. Uh, so it's just That's right. it's like yeah. an infinite money glitch we found. Mm-hmm. Somehow that all works out. Um, <laughs> who I pays? Patty's more? not aware. Yeah. So Patty is a patron. You guys should know that. Okay. Uh, Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty, or you can just go to Boss Hog of Liberty.com and click the support now button. And uh, we promise all kinds of uh, free stuff on the other end. We get, uh, we give you guys things. We mail you things, presents occasionally, just randomly in the mail. We do a bonus episode every week. Sometimes it goes a little bit longer than 20 minutes, but we always promise 20 minutes. And then you get show notes ahead of time so you can follow along with every episode and see what we're talking about. If there's links, you get access to those links. And then if you donate $50 or more a month, 
Then you get a shout out at the front of every episode. Those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, uh, the master trucker himself, Mr. Anthony Meyer, and then Jonathan Phillips. And uh, Jonathan, uh, we've been. I assume that you third week. This is the third week that uh, third week. His uh, daughter Morgan is still in the uh, hospital this time. They are in Michigan, involved in an automobile accident. There is some fundraising and stuff. If you go to uh, John's page, or uh, I think any, I think both of us have shared it. I think we've so all shared it. Yeah, there yeah. were some there were some T-shirts made. Morgan actually is having she's getting surgery right now, I believe. So yeah, this afternoon she was uh, she's up at the University of Michigan getting uh, some pediatric, I, I guess vascular vascular care. So um, Morgan is the biggest Michigan fan in the world at 10 years old she picked michigan as her school mm-hmm. so i you know honestly I, i'm sure she's in wonderful hands up there but she's got to be pretty darn happy with it. she's gone to michigan for her uh for her big big work so wow I'm, what are the chances i have i have high confidence in the in the docs up there for her so but yeah loving loving the whole phillips family all right and then uh zach bertram producer zach has put a link in the show uh the live chat for all of our merchandise you can click that link and go to all of them and get to all of your boss hog of Liberty goodies. John's in the chat now and says still in surgery about an hour to go. So, wow. Well, well, John, hopefully we can, <laughs> hopefully you enjoy this. Uh, take your, take your mind off some stuff, man. We love you. Um, okay. Oh, also thank you to uh, Marshall Pruitt. Last week's guest, Marshall joined the Patreon. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I hope that in, in the, uh, the, He's another he'll in the listener from California now, uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I we say that everything we talk about is it matters at the local level, but it also carries over uh nationally and internationally. So uh MP, thank you thank you for your support. And uh hopefully you like learning about small town Newcastle happenings this week. Local stories, national impact. That's been our tagline for like three years. That's it. Okay. I'm gonna pass the baton to you, Dakota. Start us All right. off. Um, all right. Since the start of this show, we have been talking to a lot of different people. Um, we started the show when 1400 Plaza was just a, a dream. And I believe you would, you refer to it as the pit. <laughs> Parks and Rec fans <laughs> to get that one pretty well. Um, and there have been a lot of different projects since then. 1400 Plaza, of course, has been finished for some time now and is bloomed into everything we hoped it would be. And, uh, buildings have been renovated. Uh, torn down throughout the years. Uh, so I keep hearing rumors, like I said, and I know Mike is the guy to ask. You're going to know all of my answers and all of my, m- my inquisitive mind has thought I will come to you with all these. Um, first of all, I did hear, I just want to jump right into this, Mike, if you're okay. Um, I heard that the castle theater has been acquired. Yes, it's been, Probably a year, year and a half ago, I believe, hadn't it, Patty? Yeah. Some good yes. friends of ours purchased that. And it's the same people that own the 1414 Event Center and a back porch uh, bar. Okay. I don't think they mind me saying that. I'm going to have to be <laughs> careful. What I say. But uh, I don't know a whole lot about what's going on there, except that they are hoping that they, at some time, they can show movies back in there. But it'll be... Probably more of an event center, uh, maybe some music, some things like that. Yeah, so smart to diversify type deal. Gotcha. And from what I understand, they've uh, redone some of the floors in there with uh, epoxy coatings. Uh, they've done almost the uh, entire HVAC uh, 
They're doing it right. It sounds a lot like Shelbyville. With the, is it the Strand Theater down there where they've got they've got some live events yeah. and, and things that happen happen down there? I'm more familiar with the one in Madison. They've kind of done the same thing. They're not quite as far along as what uh, the castle is here, but I think uh, could have turned it into City Hall. This uh, <laughs> yeah. Rushville. I thought maybe uh, I, you were going to say you heard the rumor about this building being demolished and I'm being condemned. Yeah, <laughs> are, we getting, are we getting thrown out? I gave you Hunter's business card. You can you can save this place, Mike. Uh, I do want to say on that that um, these are local people that have been here in Newcastle, and uh, I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, that's neat. Adds a, another layer. Mm-hmm. So that that's been a discussion. Is it in and you guys, you and the, both the Broyles and Zach attend ninety nine percent of of the Newcastle City Council meetings, and so often at the council meetings, the conversation you hear from from our elected officials is that they want buildings to be in the hands of locals. That you know they don't want out of town, out of state owners that don't that aren't involved, that don't understand what's going on. Um, but I how. Is there anything the city can actually do to, to say, hey, we want we want to make sure that locals end up in control of these things? No, not do. Um, other than we do have the RDC and the BRAP that has really stepped up. So RDC is Redevelopment Corporation. Right. What was the other acronym? Uh, BRAP. It's a building renovation um Assistance program, I believe. Right. Okay. And that came from the RDC also. It's RDC money. They wanted to try to get where they've always done the facade and roof program, which they'll match up to $15,000, uh, 50% level. And w- for instance, we used it on this building to repair the brick. After we tore all the siding off, we saw we had major brick problems. And uh, so they gave us... Uh, or matched $15,000, which for a large building, that doesn't seem like much, but you don't want to turn something like that down. Yeah. It could make the difference between being profitable or, or losing money. Well, in a building like this one, right? A lot of yeah. times a downtown building, you have a front facade and that's it. This right. is, we're downtown, but we're in a standalone building. So you have four, four walls, four exterior walls. Yeah. So fortunately, bricks add up in a hurry. Fortunately, Scott and I have been able to use that on almost all of our buildings, mainly for roof. Roofs have been the major problem with downtown buildings, and the, the empty spaces we have are because building roofs have collapsed. Yeah. So the RDC has been great about that, but they want to do more, and I think uh, with Corey Murphy from the EDC and Carrie Barrett from Main Street, they came together with the RDC and tried to figure out how to entice more people to – become building owners, and also to entice businesses to want to come into those buildings. And we're talking a lot larger buildings than this. So 15000 would really be a drop in the bucket for, you know, a $200,000 project. So the, the RDC went to their uh, advisors and figured out a way to, to fund more money to – private ownership, and that's where the BRAP came about. And they had $400,000 yes. that the RDC put into the BRAP program. And Main Street is taking care of that. 
and they had that back in June, probably May and June, they took applications. They picked 10 different projects. The castle was one of them. Uh, FC Tucker Realty, uh, Edwards Jewelers, the Smith Jewelers, the old Smith Jewelers building, some of those. And I, I don't know what the most, uh, dollars awarded was, but there were some seventy, eighty thousand dollars awards there. So that nice. get them a long way. And that's still just roofs, or is that interior? No, that's it, interior, it, yeah. exterior. Anything for the building. So it could yeah. be windows, could be furnaces, yeah. could be you know everything yeah, that keeps the everything. infrastructure going. Yeah. So but tell they, me. They set up a, a, a deal where they looked at the applications and awarded points for different things. Like if, if the roof needed, you got so many points. If you were doing interior work, you got so many points. And Gotcha. Judge it that way, a Rubik to, to go through was, all that. And what was the need of this community? What you're going to do with the building? Um, I think it affected twelve buildings that they've done. Um, I think that this has been huge. Uh, the castle it has really helped the castle theater. Hmm. To, um, and we haven't used it because we we don't need it right now. But um, Tucker's using it for their building. So FC Tucker, the real estate uh, group, moved from Main Street, and now they're over on they're on Broad Street, just around the right. corner from us here now. Mm-hmm. And from what we understand, their plans are to um, entice a, a brewery into their west side of their building on the first floor, and then have a market-rate apartment on the second or third floor. I'm not yes. Sure. So tell me what you know about the Courier Times building. That's been, another BRAP gotcha. project. I've yeah. been hearing all kinds of things about it. I know for sure about the coffee shop, but that's yes. the only thing I've really seen in the newspaper. Um, I did hear about, maybe I missed the story, but and then I saw another thing on Facebook that said that they were going, there was a, the roof was going to be reinforced, and there was going to be like a patio area on the roof. Um, yeah, Stephanie Tedder, who is with Main Street, she's done a lot of renderings for different businesses downtown, different buildings downtown, and she came up with one with uh, the painting the way it is now and also shown, showing some seating up on the roof. Gotcha. Which if they ever got a brewery in there or a brew pub, uh, be a beautiful area. You could listen to music at the at the plaza there. Yeah, sit up above it and yeah. enjoy a, enjoy but, a nice craft porter. Yeah, the first stage was uh, getting the building painted. They're doing landscaping around the outside. I think they're going to do some other entrances to the building. But uh, as of right now, Wholeheart Communications, Christy Regal, she's in there. Just moved in. I think they had a grand opening a week or two ago. Um. Young Cur- Life. The Courier's still in there. Young Life's going to be in there. Um, the Press is the coffee place. I think there's a tattoo parlor in the front side of that now. So it's uh, all getting developed. It's awesome. So right. w- what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of small businesses, local businesses, but storefronts. So not just coming downtown, but actually having someplace to spend money or to go 
and do something downtown. Yeah. A lot of the downtown businesses, with other, with the extension, exception of a of a restaurant, you know, your offices are down there, right? But you're not going to go in and spend money with an attorney. Generally, you're not going to go. You know, it, it, now we've got salons downtown. You've got places that you're going to continue to go to. Yeah. Coffee shops are a great example. Um, but it, other than Dakota, nobody gets a tattoo every six weeks. So you're not just going to keep coming coming to town for your tattoo. Guys, Creation opened up yep. across the street, bringing. Oh yeah. One of the local business people said he sat there and watched probably 50 cars pull in and out there between 11 and 2, I think, is when they're open. Wow. Uh, she's getting quite a few people in there, and I've seen people from the courthouse walking down, getting sandwiches and walking back. So mm-hmm. The 1100 block's getting some love now. So. Yeah. This week alone, just today and yesterday, I've been to Diva Nails. I've been to Edwards Jewelers. I've been to Barnett's Cookies. Might get you some new jewelry? Uh, no, I picked up stuff for our grandkids. <laughs> and uh, I've been to, I usually stop in at Unique. So before, you wouldn't think about coming downtown to pick up certain things. Yeah. No, it is. There, there definitely has been a huge improvement in the downtown just in the last, like, 10 years. It's really taken off. So Which is great to see. What's the future of the building on the other side of our block over here that faces? Uh, I guess it's at Twelfth and Main, Twelfth or Twelfth and Twelfth and Race, Twelfth and Broad. There's a county building that that is changing hands, potentially changing hands. Give us an update as to what that building looks like and and how how we're expecting it to possibly be used. Do we I, know? <laughs> no. Uh, it has changed hands. This is the annex building, right? Yeah. So the county, the county annex building was in a in a commissioner sale or a, a county sale. Yes, and they accepted someone from Minnesota. Uh, that's about all they've said. I know someone local had asked for it in a five hundred one c three offered, but they didn't accept. Um, I don't really think it'll fly. But that's my opinion. All right. So we'll have to see what the what what gets developed or not ha- what happens mm-hmm. or doesn't happen. And that's that's the conversation I guess that we that that we said a moment ago is that it's difficult to know how how when a building transfers who's going to own it how who's going to have control of it if it's going to be used for something. That's the that's the free market side, all right? Mm-hmm. It, there's a there's a price tag on a building, and you're gonna if you pay it, you pay it, and if you don't, you don't, and, and you're gonna find out how it works out. Yeah, I keep hearing that it may close in the next three or four weeks, but until that happens, we really don't know what's going to go on that one. Same with the the former EMS building, which was the city newsstand back for many many years, and uh, I've got sentimental feelings on that because my grandfather had a store that he leased inside that space facility for 70 years but um they went it with closed bids on that just a few weeks after they did the annex and i don't think they received any bids a minimum was thirty-two thousand. The bricks falling off the front you're going to have Thirty or forty thousand to replace the brick. You've got a building that the county condemned, right? So trying to market it, and this is this is where you get into difficulty yeah. of how do you how do you save buildings when the county says, "Hey, you can't do anything with it." You put a minimum out there. Correct. How do you? I I don't know whether it was ever officially condemned. I think the city 
had the barrels put out because of the threat of falling brick. But I don't know that the entire building was condemned. So I need to investigate that a little bit more. But I know it just came up at a city council meeting that the uh, the city is going to start citing the county for the safety part because he said <laughs> the barrel thing was okay, but not for a long-term issue. Like they need to do something with the building. So I know the annex building, I think, got rezoned. Or there was an agreement to rezone. Is that the one they rezoned on Mon- on the Monday's meeting, I think? But it was just some like restriction. But because I know the county building that they brought up, the old newsstand, they said this, the county, the city's going to tell the county you have to start doing something with the building because they said barrels don't actually negate liability if a wall falls down on somebody. So, yes, so. At, at another meeting that one of the council, councilmen attended, it was asked, if that was a privately owned building, how would how long would they let those barrels stay there without siding them or finding them? So that kind of woke up a few people, and we'll see what happens. I don't I don't think the Mike, city think wants to Mike, push the council. Mike, you know that government has different rules than everybody else. No. Do you the, think that that's re- just the pre- the perks of government? You think removing <laughs> the minimum sale price would alleviate their problems if they got? No. No. I don't. I think it would help. I mean, if somebody could if get no that. If no one thing, else bid on it, hang on, hang on. Would, would, Mike, would Mike buy it for a dollar? No. Yeah. Would Mike? Yes. <laughs> with Patty? No. No. And who holds purse? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd buy it for a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> Thank you. Boy, boy <laughs> wouldn't Audrey be excited. <laughs> but I think it's open bid, so you could go up to the courthouse and find out who bid on it and yeah. what that price is and outbid it. It's them, like a so. silent auction. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, how long you will you have time to fix it? Right. You know, they've taken a year and nothing's happened. Right. So, well, and as, soon as, as soon as you take a building, you've got, you're responsible for the insurance on it. You're responsible for the utilities on it. You're responsible for the repairs. You could, you, you, that's what I, that's kind of the, the point is if yeah. somebody gives you a building for a dollar, you still got $100,000 in liabilities instantaneously yeah. that you got to, and it, once again, we're incredibly thankful to be in the structure that, that, you know, Rose City Partners is made available to us, um, and it it takes something like that to to save these buildings. Well, that's what I've mentioned at some meetings that uh, you've got to figure out some way to entice people to restore these buildings because if you have your choice of going out on State Road Three, yeah, your taxes are going to be higher out there and everything, but your traffic to your business is going to be a lot higher. Are you better off going out there or trying to restore an old building, which could be a money pit? You just don't know. I mean, when we tore the it's, siding off of this, we weren't expecting what we found out with the brick it's problem. And likely going to yeah. be a money pit. And it could be a lot worse. Right. But it's been good for Scott and I and Patty and that we've been able to make them a, a stable, good building for another 40, 50 years, hopefully. And we haven't had any trouble leasing them out. We've got some good businesses downtown. <coughs> Dakota, we have 40, 40 years. Mike says we have to go. <laughs> That's it. Well, I'm hoping you'll buy the building before that. Just buy it and get out of the get out I'm of the really point. hoping that. <laughs> so, but I, th- I think. At one point in time, we said, why didn't we just buy the building? 
<laughs> and then we needed a new furnace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was why. <laughs> yeah, there's another 10,000 or 7,000. Oh, oh but I really think the government, I'm not thinking for them, but our council and the RDC wanted them to use the BRAP on the annex. And the mayor has said this numerous times. But the county hasn't released it yet. So they're out. So, so that, that program has come to a conclusion. So now you've got to find this additional. Year. Yeah. Yeah. So they're so out. So is there $400,000 a year in this program available? We don't know. This is or the first year. The RDC has to fund it. And I'm sure yeah. it comes from. Yeah. It comes from the downtown TIF, which uh, includes uh, from Crown up 25th Street and down Broad Street. So that's it, a big downtown, Mike. Yeah. It brings, brings in considerable <laughs> TIF funds. It's a lot but, like Newcastle extending all the way to Spiceland. It's all within walking distance. Pretty much. Or, or Spiceland to uh, Nicetown on 70 is a TIF district. But all that comes back, and you can see what it's done for downtown. And uh, I think we were headed that way before COVID. We really had the momentum downtown, and COVID slowed things down immensely. But so, you can tell from the, the cruise-ins and the plaza, the activity at the plaza has been amazing the last two years. So. The farmer's markets are incredible. Yeah. Brian or Brian Nichols of the Brian Nichols show on the wall network. Uh, he and Caitlin are staples there now. I think every Saturday morning they're going down to the, uh, they're going to the, the farmer's market and they're loving it and they can walk from their, from their, from their, from their new Newcastle home. Beyond the downtown stuff though, what else needs to happen in town? There's a lot of focus on the downtown area. Uh, but as we're having the, the reason we're having this conversation is because there's a municipal election coming up and there's a the city candidates are going to be filing in about four months. So the purpose of this show is to kind of set the stage for, hey, what are the issues as we're as we're going to transition into a city election on the heels of a county election that's coming up uh, in January? Folks are going to file and by in May. They'll have a primary deadline, a, a primary, and then we'll have a general election in November of 23. But that's that's why we're having this conversation. So we've talked about downtown about five years ago. I was promised a walking path that was going to get all the way down to Woodbrook uh, on the South side of town. And it came up just short enough to not give me a walking path to get to downtown. Uh, do you think those kinds of issues, the trails, walking paths, the, those livability items are, are on the table for, for the next cycle? I, I can't say on that walking path, that was a safe routes to school uh, program. And I don't know why it got shortened up like that, where there, I think the prices went up from the time it was initially bid to the time it was constructed, and they had to shorten some things up. But I think, uh, Jeff Ray, as far, far as other trails around the county, that's moving forward. Uh, I know the Wilburite Trail has another, I believe, three-mile extension. They've been clearing from... Uh, Moreland East to eventually connect up with the Cardinal Greenway. And uh, the county owned quite a bit of that land, the old railroad. So that's progressing. Um, I think uh, the other things that are happening as far as what needs to happen to Newcastle to grow, the new restaurant, new coffee shop, new Culver's. We're getting two new coffee shops. I don't want to talk about us being too blessed here. 
But we're going to have like four fancy coffee shops yeah. in a town of 18,000 people. Pizza, you, coffee. You can yeah. get you can get premium coffee at Jack's. You can get it at Cafe Royal. You're going to have it at Scooters. Not, 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 there's going to be two Scooters, which is going to cause mass confusion. Yeah. Beer or Although coffee? Although I think there are two <laughs> distinctly different clientele between, <laughs> between Scooters Coffee on 3 and Scooters Coffee on I Avenue. Or scooter, Scooter's uh, Brew on I Avenue. As, it's a different kind of a brew. As a Scooter's on I Avenue former regular, <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> One of them secretly allows smoking. Uh, <laughs> and and then we have the the the. Is it, you said it's called Drips. What's the uh, press? The press. press. The press. press. That, uh, that's a very times very building. very smart name. So yeah, four special. You can have especially coffee four days a week and do, and never repeat. And there was a discussion during the B wrap about another one possible behind uh, the old First National or Main Source Bank building and the drive up there. But I don't know. Haven't heard any more about that since. So. But those kind of things. What's happening downtown? There's some fancy tea downtown as well. I, I I've yes, never been. Is. I've never been. But I see my wife's debit card receipts, and I know. We participate. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's Legends. Yeah. Or Legends Nutrition, maybe. That's that's what the debit card says. I, yeah, I think know. it's what it's called. Yeah. They do like smoothies. Yeah. Dude, it's changed, hasn't it? Or did it change to Legends? I think there's a third one now. <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from all these small on, businesses. Um, the corner abroad around the dance studio. That's the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I heard another one coming in. Oh, I didn't know of a third one. There's so many things, which is a good problem to have. Okay, yeah. back to my so to back to my to personal that. complaint. Okay, yeah. when am I getting my walking Keep path? <laughs> I have to walk in people's yards. I have to I walk my dog in the road on Main Street with people running by me at high speeds. Do There's, you live within the city? No, but Woodbrook does. <laughs> the The people of Woodbrook were promised, which is city limits. They were promised this walking path that was going to go to their neighborhood. I'm, I would think you're pretty familiar with that neighborhood. Well, originally, they were promised <clears throat> yeah. a sidewalk. Yeah. yeah, grandkids live there. Yeah, I guess that's. But they could walk to school. Like yeah. if, if you had that, you had uh, 200 houses in White Estates and probably another 20 in Woodbrook yeah. that would all have access to to be able to walk, and then you could carry it all the way down to to the new development in the as we're as we're trying to get away from everybody having to drive a car constantly. You could the industrial park is the next step, right? You finish that walking path to the south, you can get to the you can safely walk to the industrial park. And, and that's another that one there. In the future, their walking trail that runs along the the railroad tracks on Cherrywood. That's been discussed a little bit more here in the recent months, but that would continue on out to the industrial park. It wouldn't work for the school, right? But. Uh, the county already owns a lot of that ground that could be made into a multi-use trail. But as far as the election, Patty probably has a better feel about all that. That you think that's going to be a big deal. Um, expanding trails. You think parks and recreation is going to come up a lot, or what, I think, what do you think now it's my personal on the on the trails. They're more in the county. Um, in the that, city, we call them walking paths. I know. <laughs> and uh, Osborne Park had the last one, and and but it was Safeway to schools. So okay. I don't think it will come up that much in the election. I think the parks might, 
But I, I feel like, I know I'm the president, but I think we've done a very, very good job. I think so. I mean, I was... We were more popular in my, than any time in my lifetime. Yeah. The crowds that you gather and the, the usage. Yeah. I don't know if there are usage statistics, but I, our city parks are booming. Yes. We took our son to uh, Baker Park um, maybe last week or the week before. And I was telling my wife, I was like, you know how old this park, like all this wooden structure is? Because like... I can remember when it was built and I was a, a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's been 20 years and it's all, if you consider the fact that it's an all wooden structure and it's 20 years old, the shape that it's in is pretty incredible, which can only come from proper maintenance. I mean, right. it's, if you didn't take care of it, it would show. That but, fun park. Dakota. Yeah, the fun park. Um, it was built through Henry County Community Health, no? Um, healthy Communities. I'm going to say 97, 98, 2000, yes, somewhere was, there. And Healthy Communities helps us with that maintenance. Now, um, we are getting this year, because we received a $1.2 million bond last year, we are uh, purchasing at, soon some playground equipment for this center, and we will be taking out in the front for safety and all the old, not the healthy community, not the fun part. Gotcha. Uh, it's pretty well safe from cars going in. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of parking and stuff like that. I and mean, there's basically a wall around the whole thing. Right. But we'll be taking out some of the front for safety for our kids. And it's just too old. It's just... And we're, but it's you're replacing it with some. We are, but it's going to be in the center of the park. We've already replaced. We have like four new pieces of equipment for older children. The fun park is from eight and under, and then uh, these are more older. You know, I know, where, I, know uh, I was in the fun park older than eight. Yes, <laughs> I've got a ten year old grandson that loves it. But um, I was the the year they built it. I was helping run a wheelbarrow for with mulch out mm-hmm. there. Uh, and as a, as a little kid in Messina, New York, we built one a similar one, nineteen ninety, ninety one, ninety two, uh, and I helped with that. And that has since because it wasn't maintained, it no longer exists. So it's only six, seven years older than Newcastle's, and it's other communities have already lost theirs. But being on the park board, um, I think it's been. Four years now, possibly five years. They've given us have a budget line now. Usually, when I first started, they said, you don't have to worry about the budget. I didn't know what was being spent. I didn't know if we could do this or that. And now with our superintendent, Mike Burgum, that's made all the difference. In the, we have a leader, a very strong leader, and uh, he handles that. So, Sometimes it just takes someone continuously bothering people to get something done, right? Well, you can, no, I think you can it trust takes, your employee too, right? That they're the empowered whole to do thing. the work. Um, you know, we, we always heard these horror stories. That's kind of why I, I joined the the park board. Was well, I'll do that. We can all get along, 
because you could see, well, this one quit and this one was mad. And um, the mayor runs a show in the sense he has to trust you and you have to trust him. And this community is backing us 100%. Uh, and this mayor backs us 100%. So what do you think is going to be your main focus whenever you're talking about the 2023 year? Well, coming up, as I said, we received that bond. Uh, we're getting a skate park. We're adding on to the skate park. It'll be expanding, yeah. Yes, Um we are expanding it, what it is right now. It's about 13,000, probably 14 more thousand. It'll be the largest in Indiana. Now, to commemorate that, will you do any skating? Will I? Yeah. yeah. I will go to the skate park. <laughs> I still go to the skate park quite often, but I do not skate. You've not been on. How about a scooter? We want to see Patty dropping into the bowl. <laughs> I'll drop my grandkids in there. <laughs> <laughs> the, skate, the skate park is Newcastle going to get a half pipe? A what? A half pipe. Half pipe of what? A half pipe. <laughs> like for skateboards. She's been involved with the skate park quite a bit. But Not still the design. Know the no. This, this it's what's a coming. Half a circle. A big half circle. No. You can drop no. 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 The, the focus on this one will be a pump track. Oh, okay. Cool. So that was something that was mentioned before they built the first uh, section of it, that a lot of the bikers wanted a pump track. Yeah. And it was discussed about a dirt pump track, and that wasn't a place for it. And, but uh, it's coming to fruition. And then also uh, more of a street section. Yes, a street. For younger younger kids. And so you're going to have... Spread those people out. The largest skate park in the state of Indiana. Yes. On one side of Baker Park will have the largest and finest basketball field house mm-hmm. and then the largest skate park in the state of indiana and she's got other stuff coming. yeah um and pickleball courts and pickleball courts we have we're, we're just gonna maintain our pickleball courts it was we can't get the largest and finest pickleball courts in the state of indiana <laughs> we have not don't have that much money to go. <laughs> there's only so many um, bonds we can get we were doing the disc golf and we're still doing it. We're breaking the ground soon. The equipment's been ordered and everything. There's some disc golf now in the park, right? Yes. Uh, I've, I see the baskets. I, I've not played, but I, I'm familiar with the concept. What if nine we put holes. disc golf in Trojan Woods? No. <laughs> that was we, a joke, Patty. Oh. You would interrupt the hobos. trying to start it up. Well, that was the original thought on the pump track. A lot of the kids wanted the pump track in Trojan Woods, but that yeah. didn't go over well. No, yeah, it I did remember. not. It did not. So you were before Dakota rudely interrupted you with his ideas for the future. <laughs> you were saying eighteen holes, uh, wow, eighteen okay. cages, and um, Mike has been talking to Mike. Bergham has been talking to three gentlemen from Muncie, and we're city. doing it. We're doing it. This fall will be the skate park, the golf. Last year was the pool, and um, oh, Osborne Park softball. We received a food and beverage grant. How how about the? Um the infrastructure side of the park. So the bathrooms, the kitchens, the, the concessions, 
how, how much of a, an issue or a struggle is that for governments to maintain, to, to keep up with that? We have no kitchens. Um, the restrooms, what we've always said as a park board, we want everyone to be safe and welcome. Well, you have to have a restroom to feel welcome. Sorry, you do. Um, we covered that in Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Dakota is not welcome in Hamilton County. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't have to be a building in the sense you can have a porta pot. What people do is just damage, and I will not close a park for one person damaging uh, a restroom. So we'll just have porta pots and go from there. We do have restrooms in the for big events, and we will open them up. But people just destroy them. Yeah, it's always been a problem. And we. Yeah, it's a it's an issue Memorial Park's dealt with every 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 public. It's the tragedy of the commons, right? Somebody thinks that they can just tear up a bathroom and, and it's no big deal. I think the Little League this year has had the same the same struggles this spring. I remember one time going into the bathroom by the fun park at Baker Park when I was a little little kid. And there was a giant hornet's nest hanging from the ceiling, which is not anybody's damage. But you didn't feel safe or welcome. I did not feel safe. <laughs> Or welcome. No, and that's what I want you to do. <laughs> but but back in those days, they'd prop the doors open. You remember they would have a wedge under the door, and it would just stay open for the bees to, uh-huh. and the hornets to just get in and make a nest. And what people don't understand, too, um, we have seven parks. You think, where are they at? Where are they at? But we have seven. And, and there's they- low on the east, the east side. Uh-huh. There's Baker in the center of town, Osborne on the north side. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you have, is it a Main Street Park on North Main? North Main, two North Main parks. One doesn't have anything in it. Okay. Your park, which is down on Broad Street. The downtown park, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, Vine Street. I am not familiar with the it Vine Street It doesn't have anything. That would be why. Really, in it. But have you tried they, selling it to baby? prop up the bathroom situation over in Osborne Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, a Mitch not. Daniels move. You could lease it to the Spaniards for like 75 year, years. Yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> we could. But uh, we have two full-time employees. So you try mowing and we have Trojan Woods. Mowing, painting, repairs. Right. With two full-time employees and a superintendent. You know, and they do a great job. You got Mike. He's retired. Well, he helps a lot because they'll call. (laughs) Send him in there with some gloves and a scrub brush. (laughs) Oh, I I refuse to do that. I used to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Not at the parks, but. So. We've all played janitor before. Yeah. 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 Let's paint it. You know, so. But um, the council does a great job seeing that we get the money. And uh, we do a great job trying to budget our money. So if folks want to volunteer for park projects or they've got ideas, how do they, how, and even with the downtown stuff we talked about, how are people supposed to get involved? Well, if you want to get involved with our parks, it needs to be an organization. You know, we 
we like to collaborate with another team. Uh, Foursquare Church, two weeks ago, came and painted three of our um, equipment. And uh, they get a hold of Mike Burgum through the armory. You can call the mayor's office and get that number. And he will return the call and just leave a message what you're wanting to do. And we'll... We, we collaborate with a lot of people. Bicentennial just had that Bicentennial car show and everything. Um, yeah, where I work has done some volunteer work for Memorial Park for at the Softball Diamonds. Right. And stuff. So we collaborate with a lot of people. We just, as I say, that's what Jeremiah, we're don't do. get a paint. Don't get a gallon of oil-based enamel and start painting slides and stuff. But that's that's the point, is that you want to make sure that it, it follows a process so that right. you don't have people just making it up as they go along and saying, well, I'm helping. Well, that's what happened when I first started. Uh, you People would want to help, and they'd go out and buy a swing, a baby swing, and bring it to you and say, I brought Put you this a up. Put this up. You can't do that. Uh, you can make a donation. That was one thing that has been very, very positive. Uh, Is there like an Amazon wish list for the parks of saying, hey, we need this, 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 and this? No, there's not an Amazon, but we have went through the foundation. Henry County Foundation. Henry County Foundation, and we have a pass-through. So if somebody wants to buy a baby swing, they can call, see how much it is, write the check. Put it in the pass-through, and we'll get you a baby swing. There are certain regulations that have to be met. Exactly. I know in Spiceland, there was, in the park in Spiceland, there was a swing that was, had been broke for years and years and years. And I'd take Jackson down there, and I thought, I'm going to do something to get it fixed. And I thought, I'll just get the swing. So I texted Darren Jacobs. He's like, what do I need to do to get this swing? At the time, he was park board president. For Spice Land. Yeah. And he told me what kind of swing and said they, had, they hadn't talked about replacing it yet. So I was like, okay. So I look up the swing, and I was like, why is this one piece of rubber with two, hook, two hooks $50, and I still have to try to figure out the chain and the mounting hardware? This is insane. So I buy the swing. And I was like, well, I guess it's a little bit more substantial than a piece of, uh, than a rubber strap. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was a lot of different swings on Amazon that were like $12 that I, if I hadn't reached out, I could have just been like, I'll just buy this thing. And then lo and behold, the town of Spiceland gets sued because someone's kid sits in the swing and then they go flying off because that was rated for residential use and not heavy, heavy uh, municipal use. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm surprised they even let you buy it through Amazon. I'll uh, be you honest. Know, I didn't really ask anyone <laughs> for real. For real. This was just a private conversation between two citizens. Because <laughs> we couldn't have done that. It has to go through because of insurance. Right. You know, we bought a lot of baby swings at um, North Main Park. And a teenager sat in it. And she got stuck. So again, those oh, you yeah. can't get them out. We had to call the fire department, and they just literally had to tear that swing apart. Oh, and I know those types of swings can't be cheap. Oh, they're not. Yeah. 
So, and then you've got to keep the kid hostage until the parents pay for yeah. the swing. It's a whole, <laughs> yeah. it's a whole thing. You can't no. have your kid back until you well, pay for it. It's Mrs. a good Smith. thing we have the new jail. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was a teenager, so we we gladly sent that. <laughs> gladly sent her away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your punishment is your swinging days are over. Yeah. Go home now. You have to leave. Can you imagine? Honestly, okay, I don't know the kid. I don't know the story, but I'm thinking of the. <laughs> the embarrassment. Is this the swing that we're or thinking the, of? That's like the round band with like the crisscross each way, so the kid sits in her legs. Yeah, the two it's legs. A baby swing. Yeah, baby, yeah. But, I I can't imagine being thirteen, fourteen years old, and your friends are probably videotaping the whole thing, mm-hmm. and they're going to put it on Instagram, and you're just going to just they're just sitting there turning beat red. Teenagers, they learned. Her, I'm sure she learned her lesson instantly. Yeah. I teenagers can, I, been getting into those swings for as long as I've been alive. Because I can remember I you, see, you, you yeah. see like you know, petite adults getting in there, and then you see them struggle. They spend 30 seconds to get in it, 15 minutes of struggling with all their friends laughing at them to hopefully get out. And normally, in the getting out is like dumping themselves out onto the mm-hmm. ground mm-hmm. and just flipping the swing. Up as a former teenager. <laughs> All right, final final city piece uh, uh, that I want to discuss and see if you guys think this is going to be it. Might possibly could be an issue in the city election. Dakota has been championing ch- chickens for a very long time, and he successfully raised two or three. Do you have, do you have some left? I have uh, five. Okay, you've had. They've been flying away. You've been uh, working on your enclosure. They, all they do is fly on the other side of the fence and then try to figure out how to get back in. <laughs> Darren hadn't put a stop to that yet. No, he's out of power. Do we? Uh, do do the, the reign of Darren Jacobs has ended? Yeah, it's true. Um, he's done. He hasn't been liberated <laughs> from the evil communist. He can still make a phone, comrade. Call. Comrade Jacobs. So anyway, do we think that with Dakota as an example, maybe this is something that some people should think about in their their race uh, for twenty twenty three? Backyard poultry. No. Is there any hope, Patty? No. Of, of chicken and eggs, a, a chicken in every pot? No. Are you anti-chickens, or you just don't no. think they, people care? You don't think people are going to vote on it or I give a darn? I don't think they'll give it. Listen, I work in Greenfield a lot, and there are multiple yard signs that say, vote for chickens. So, <laughs> because apparently there's some person who's running for something there that has a pro-chicken platform. Backyard poultry. It's a thing. I... What's the cost of cost of food now? It's going to cost you a lot more if you get the important. poultry. I've learned that lesson. <laughs> Dakota yeah. seven, which is seventy two dollar jar yeah. of salsa and a thirty nine dollar dozen eggs. We have yeah. a uh, a daughter that lives in Michigan, and she has chickens, lots of chickens, and uh, they first started in like a neighborhood like White Estates, so. You possibly could have chickens if the, the county, county if the county said it was okay. The county won't won't allow it. I'm supposed to have five acres. Have to have five acres of agriculturally uh. zoned land to have livestock, and under the livestock definition, chickens is one of them. Now, if your chicken identifies as a parakeet, I think there's some gray area. <laughs> I think you might be okay. Depends upon what kind of bird it says it is that day. But I'm I'm just saying that we could decriminalize chickens, and I think this could be an issue for the 2023 election. Oh, are, are you saying you're running again? <laughs> I'm I, I'm not eligible. Well, I guess you I could, could run hang, for mayor. I could hang some. Sh- ah. I could hang some shirts in this building, and I, Mike, could you put a shower in the basement for me? 
The, you could run not for much school board. down there. You're going to have to bend over to get underneath the shower. You could run for school board. Maybe I could get a bathtub. Just take a bath <laughs> down in the down in the basement. Walk by Brian every morning as he's trying to do sales calls, and I just come come through and take my my weekly bath. <laughs> There's a look at when's the last time you took a bath? Huh? A bath? When's the last time you took a bath? <laughs> oh, you mean like soaking? In like sat in a bathtub? Oh, I don't know. The pool scout? No. <laughs> <laughs> years. Yeah, been many, many years. Zach. Actually, not that long ago, because once in a while I'll have a real rough run, and I'll end up in the fetal <laughs> position in the bathtub, and I'll just turn the water on until I, until my temperature either comes down or up to normal. So yeah, it's probably been this year. Mike, you you, you got a twenty twenty two bath in you? No, no. You know, hot, tub, hot tub? No, that doesn't count. Patty, have you you got bath bombs? I was gonna say Patty probably has. Yeah, I'll do that. Sarah will do one from time to time. I uh, I've been thinking about. Let me run this by you guys as we've talked. We transition our conversation with the buildings and local businesses i've been thinking of a a, like recovery spa for like physical recovery so you'd have like saunas cryotherapy uh, uh, sensory deprivation tanks massage therapists do you think that would be successful here or no because we have the gyms standalone business i think you could go in to one of the salons and do something like that um i did talk to the gentleman owns the property to the west here and he's looking for ideas of what would work in that area he's that's what they rezoned from residential to okay i knew they did something they rezoned something this just where the uh, firemark insurance building was many many years ago correct it would have worked to him. He's, it would have worked. I think well, he lives man. in Spiceland too. Oh, there we go. Go fifty-fifty. One last punch we'll for my for my walking path. If by chance they ever built a um, <clears throat> youth sports facility down on three hundred, that walking path would be real helpful to get some yeah. kids they will. down there. I'm telling you, you could walk from your house. You just have to walk around the block, and then you end up on the street that dumps out on the walking path. I know they're supposed to get a sidewalk. I'm a runner. I prefer the walking path. It's much more pedestrian friendly than sidewalks. I'm perfectly and the side- happy. And the, the sidewalks path. in this town are like kind of dumpster fires at times. Yes. Um, like they just did cuts with curbs for every sidewalk, for every driveway and walkway. And so they're, they're like not really that fun. I've run in the road because the sidewalks aren't that great, but I yeah. like the walking path there. There's some, there's some less than ideal water situations as well with some of the walking paths that exist. They get, yeah, they get, they get soggy. They get, they get flooded, unfortunately. All right. So final topic I want to talk about with the crowd today. Um, It's back to school week. Uh, And yesterday was, I think we all have family members that are associated with Newcastle community schools now uh, in various, various ways. Uh, Yesterday was back to school, big back to school photos, great morning. And then, some sort of an incident happened, and I, I think it's still unclear. Zach, you, you're the parent of, in the room that has kids in Newcastle schools. You may be able to, be able to say, say which one's correct. I still am not actually sure. Like I, but I, I heard two stories. There was one that there was some yeah. sort of a disturbance next to one of the elementary schools, next to Parker Elementary, and that caused some police to get called. And then there was also a report that some sort of a, an alert, emergency alert system was set off from a classroom, and that caused a, a the, full... The first thing I saw on the Facebook rumor mill 
was that a staff member had left had left the school early, and that her and that he her whatever chill child got hold of her phone and did something, and that triggered it. Um, and that was unofficial. That was just somebody posting something on Facebook. I, I, think, I think you're right. I think that's official now. Okay. Uh, I think the, the superintendent sent out a message that that's what happened, and it's a it's a new app that was set up for the schools for an instance a, like that, and it, it apparently worked really well. I mean, the police, they were emergency in, units did a great in, job in school there. within a minute, right? Yes. So, so we, it, we welcome that, but. It had a cascading, so it, it sent this panic through, I think, every every citizen in yeah. town, and we saw what a full-scale turnout's going to be if, if there ever is an issue, but yeah. as I understand it, I know my nephew was at Westwood School, and he, they went room by room and did a basically a live shooter drill mm-hmm. at el, every elementary school in town, uh, which meant that police officers went through and, and visited every classroom, and every teacher went from teacher mode to protective mode. Yeah. Um, can I think you imagine the, how scary that would have been? I think they meant no. a... Knox Coger, Cade's, Cade's son, first day of school. Like, his, he's yeah. kindergarten, right? So the very yeah. first day he goes to school, he, he you know, you're kindergarten and you get we, that. We've got a second and fourth grader grandchildren at Westwood. And Patty made a point to ask him last night how things went. And both of them acted like it was no big deal. As far as they thought, it was just a drill. Mm-hmm. But they knew what to do. And I think we have some good teachers in this town that kept the kids calmed down. You know? But unfortunately, I think social media yeah, blew that so far out I think, right away. Nobody knew what was going I on. I think that the the biggest takeaway from it is a kind of a congratulations to our law enforcement. for They said they had six officers actively clearing Parker within three minutes of receiving the text message. Yeah, my my kids are at Parker, um, and like I got I got a little flamed on Facebook for saying this. Were, were you at work or at home that day? Like, I was you, I was at work, and yeah. the first call I got was I got a one call from the school saying that there was an accidental, nothing's wrong, everybody's safe, and that was like a after a little after two thirty. Then I got a second one call from the superintendent saying that it was an actual threat and that they were going to prosecute and investigate. So it was kind of back and forth, and in the opposite order. And I heard later in the day that it was actually the accidental message. Um, but somebody said, you know, it was talking about the trauma to the kids or whatever. And like my kids were at Parker, both of them. I have a first grader and a fourth grader. And I, when I saw them, like, hey, how was your day? And they're like, it was good. And then I had to dig to ask about, oh, did they do something at your school? And he's like, yeah, it was kind of scary. But they explained what was going on. And because I just said, I said on Facebook, I was like, don't assume that these kids are traumatized because it seems like at least at Parker, that the school and the administration handled it really well, and the kids weren't like l- lastingly scared. And my generation was Columbine happened when I was in school. We had multiple bomb threats when I was in high school, and they would do wonky things. It was kind of early on in those days. They stuck us in the football stadium at one point and just had us sit out there. Um, yeah, yeah, my kids were fine, and like in there, like I had to ask, but they they went to school today. They were fine. I think social media pumped it up. And I remember when we had the bomb threats when I was in school, parents would come screaming into the parking lot and hollering and hooting and just making a fuss and picking their kids up. That's probably what was making kids cry is that their parents were freaking out. And it's like, hey, my son was just super excited. He met one of the police officers in town and he's like, oh, I know your dad. 
And he's like, oh, so, and so, and so he's like, oh, what's your name? And he's like, oh, it's Zach. And it's a police officer I know that I went to school with whose name is Zach. And we have a goofy thing where wherever we see each other, we're like, hey, Zach, how's it going, Zach? We'll see our names as many times as possible during the, and my son thought it was the coolest thing ever that he met a cop named Zach and that he was, he wanted to call me and tell me. So. I just kudos to the police department for being jolly on the spot. My mom was on main street and said that it was crazy. She said there were just cars flying around everywhere. Just getting, and I guess there was even an accident, a small accident with one of the officers trying to get to uh, one of the schools. Um, but yeah, on the on site in a minute building cleared in like three minutes. Um, and then my mom was in the school picking my kids up and said that it was cool. It was calm. Nobody was freaking out. She didn't see anybody crying or anybody upset. She's like, it was an odd situation the way they did dismissal, but it was nothing crazy. It wasn't anything. So I was like, kudos that that's the way the community handled it. And at least the, the powers that be, um, but yeah, my kids had a, a good first day at school despite the weirdness. And you don't want that happening at the first day of school, but um, but yeah, I hadn't even heard officially that that's what it was. I'm glad that there's an app like that, that they can report that quickly, but maybe have a little less hard <laughs> for your kids to go on your phone and lock the entire school system down. Yeah. The, the press release from the Newcastle police department said that they were going to be working with the Newcastle, uh, community school corporation to see if anything needs to change with their alert system or not. They yeah. kind of left yeah. it open. They you were like, look, you, maybe not. You want to make know? it like not super easy to hit, but you don't want to make it so hard that somebody who's under duress is fumbling. Do it. Yeah, it can't, right. Like you're not probably not going to put a pin code on there or something, but most but, phones have fingerprint readers. Yeah. Or just hold, just you have to hold it down for two seconds instead of just a tap. Yeah. And sometimes that could be enough to just keep it from going off. But kudos to all the people that were involved. Cause like I said, kid, my kids were fine. Yeah, doing, doing well. Ours was fine. Um, I feel like that that nine one one. We were at a county council or a commissioners meeting, and I think this money came. This this app came. They purchased this app uh, from them. But I just I feel like this was, and they said. Put it on your phone. Put it on your phone. You know. Well, every employee has it. She wasn't in school that day. You know. That's a thing where they could geofence it. Right. Mm-hmm. You could geofence an app like that really easily and just have it be like you have to be around the school. On property. Like, you know, I have like cameras around my house and they automatically arm when I get two houses away. If yeah. I leave, like they're, they're geofence. So if your phone's got GPS on it, then yeah, they could set that up so that the per- that if you're X distance away from the school, um, that it wouldn't trip it, I would think. Or give a teacher or an employee that you want to have a phone. This is their personal phones. All right. The school's not buying these phones. This is their personal phone. Yeah, that is that. That's an excellent point. Is that you? We we blur this line, and this happens in business all the time. Of you know, a, a company is like, well, you have unlimited data on your phone, so just put it on there. And it's well, no, if you want me to use it for this, then you need to provide me with the equipment to do the job, right? Right. Uh, or at least pay for some of my phone bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the bigger the bigger the organization, the more likely they are to to want to put other software on a, on a phone to make sure it works the right way. 
But if you're trying to roll something out on the cheap, then yeah, yeah, it's safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those teachers need a phone and they shouldn't have to use their personal phone if you want the application. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's on Wi-Fi, they could do it on a tablet, too. It's not like, or just, you know, any sort of a device that's on Wi-Fi. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, t- mm-hmm. a, a cell phone. I mean, if how you got, long has Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi in the building? been around? That, it's sad that it has to happen anyway, that there needs to be an app for it anyway, or some kind of immediate alert device. 179 days to go, 178 more days of school to go. Hopefully they're nice, that's peaceful, be wonderful days. <laughs> Well, it was better today. I asked, I picked up my grandbabies, and they they act like it was no big deal. Perfect. Yeah, I drove, I drove by a couple of schools today, and there were uh, cop cars there the entire day. Now, I do wish that we had, if this could have been a little bit different, if it was at our county school at Westwood, because they don't have the police right. there if all it was the time at Try. Or if it was such, I think Tri might have an SRO. We do have an SRO. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But we only have four in Newcastle, and we have more than four schools. Hmm. Why is that? For money. Money. Yeah. And manpower. Yeah. You've only got so many many people to go around for X number of buildings, right? I I was on the same post that that, uh, Zach was commenting about, and that was asking... Uh, the police department, because of retirements and everything, they're down two officers, didn't yeah, they say? Yeah, and, they said they're a little short-handed now. And trying to, to find people to want to be lead for, law enforcement officer now. It's tough. I mean, just hearing the chief talk about um, there's all kinds of little side projects that they get pulled, that officers have opportunities to work kind of. And so he, it's like it's very competitive for him to even have guys to do some things because they have so many side things that they want them to be doing. So there's a lot of places that different groups for various enforcement reasons, whatever, are wanting to pull officers to have them work certain places. And yeah, I think so it's, I think it's hard enough for him just to keep officers just to do police officer stuff. And then like they've had, when the pool was open for the end of the year, they had a police officer at the pool. And so there's all these places that you're, you don't want to pull anybody off the road for that. So you're finding them when they're off duty kind of thing, you're giving them extra work. Yeah. And off there's only off so duty has around. tremendous number of opportunities yeah. to do. I, I, in the road construction industry, there, there's almost always on a major project, there's a, a law enforcement officer line item. Uh, and you, you saw it here in Newcastle last year when, when state road three was getting worked on, there was an off duty officer that was paid as a part of the state contract to sit in that job uh, and to have a presence and, and to have lights on or to yeah. basically to, to get people to be safe. Chief Schofield mentioned that, that yeah. uh, those and the, guys will make up to $50 an hour yeah. sitting out there in their car yep. on 70 or 40. And, and they're, you know, they, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Henry County town police officers well north up into almost into Grant County, uh, picking up extra work and doing that. Uh, and that's a part of, that's a part of the package, but you've got, when you have, multiple opportunities for people to go make money, then the, the local stuff is you know, maybe not going to work out. Um, just, just, just how it works. They're perfectly appropriate and should be doing the, the in-dot work as well, though. You, they, they're needed there for traffic control as well. That's keeping people safe and getting roads built. So, uh, we are at the point in the show where we probably ought to start transitioning over to final thoughts, cleaning up anything we forgot, 
creating more opportunities for people to volunteer, get involved in stuff. Patty, we always start with your chair. Is there anything we we messed up? We need to clean up that we forgot. Anything? Anything else you want to cover? Anything you want to plug? Not really. I, I'm looking forward to next year election. Um, I feel like this administration has done well, um, and looking forward to continuing on. Uh, our school safety. We just pray every day that our kids will be safe, and I think our. Parents need to be more involved in our schools to help and voice their opinion. Very, very much appropriate. Um, yeah, I had that. Sarah and I don't have any kids in the school system at this point, but um, <laughs> I, it's, it's just there. There's risks everywhere you go, right? And I, I, I came from a family that we, you know, we would wound up being home educated at the end of our of our elementary and our high school careers as the moral kids. But, you know, I'm sure their families are going to look at, Hey, do we want to be in public schools? Do we want to be, do we want to homeschool? Do we want a private school? And families are going to look at that stuff, but there are risks everywhere, right? There, you know, we've seen, we've seen violence, whether you're walking down the street or you're in a shopping mall and on the South side of Indianapolis or you're in school, there's, you know, there's, you know, Congresswoman was died in a traffic accident yesterday, right? There's, there's no guarantee of safety anywhere, but, um, it's a part of part of living life, and you carry on and do the best you can. So, thanks for being with us, Patty. Thank you. We appreciate it, Zach. What uh, What do we know? Uh, I'm going to say thanks to the parks that we uh, we opened and closed the pool down on Sunday on their last day of being open. And um, people remember the pool when I was a kid. The pool today compared to the pool of my childhood are two entirely different things. Even my childhood. Oh my god! Like every time I went to the old pool, I cut myself because it was like a thin concrete layer on the bottom of the pool. It was half broken, and you like, <laughs> well, there's my knee. I'm bleeding. Um, our pool's awesome. It was super affordable. It's two bucks a person, and then you throw a dollar at them for a lounge share. Um, like I said, I visited a little town that's pretty similar to Newcastle that had a similar pool, and it was eight dollars a person. So that's the difference between eight bucks to get in or thirty-two dollars to get in. Um, all the lifeguards were awesome. Uh, the skate park—I don't use the skate park. I run by the skate park a lot. That's in- incredible. People don't understand how well used it is, um, how good the people are that use it. Like it's—I've never back before it was there. I get yelled at and hollered at by the kids at the basketball courts. And the skate park chased all those people away. And now the basketball courts are still getting used, but it's not people yelling and hollering, who didn't holler at me. Um, and then I'll just reiterate that please get involved. My, my wife, she finally recruited some people at the end of last year. My wife was the PTO for her elementary school last year. She was it. There was nobody else that showed up to anything almost the entire year. And so if people want to complain about your schools, then get involved in your schools. Um, because they need the help. They need help doing all kinds of things. There's stuff that they're struggling to pay for as well. And the PTO helps um, reward the teachers and the staff and, and get stuff going and fundraisers and stuff to keep things uh, moving along. So they genuinely help the um, education your kids are getting and the, the opportunities they're getting. So yeah, get involved in that. Cause it's like, it's, I found it kind of ridiculous that it was, my wife was the PTO. Um, <laughs> she was a, president and everything at, at with this like a second grader she took over so she elect herself it was like <laughs> it was like a trish it was like last minute standing it was like everybody else left um so yeah so feel that uh, um so i'm in, i want to see kind of where newcastle goes it's it's been so much cool stuff that's been going on and skate park expansion will be super cool to see and um 
Pointer Brothers who have been super involved and they're moving to get even closer to the skate park. And so that's awesome. I've been running by and watching, watching that building come along is yeah. fantastic. I'm, it looks I don't want to pay for the AC bill on it because they painted it black, but it looks like a super cool building. And they're so, they'll be so close. I think they said 500 feet away. And those guys seem to be so nice and so invested. It's literally the closest they could possibly get to the park. Yeah. Without, without, without building without, something. Yeah. New. Without either building or tearing a house down. <laughs> just, um, so they, yeah, that's been, I saw the fire. I was like, what are they doing? I'm like, and I see their van. I'm like, Oh, they're taking that building over. That's cool. And they're doing some cool stuff with how they're decorating and stuff. So, um, all kinds of cool stuff going on. So I'm just enjoying, I literally run around and see what's going on. But. Very good. Mike. Uh, I'll pre- pretty much just echo what Patty and Zach said that, uh, just need more people involved. I mean, when Patty and I and Zach are at the city council meetings, uh, a lot of times it's just the three of us that are up there. So if people are really concerned about things, Facebook isn't the place where you're going to get it done. Get up there and voice your opinion. School board meetings are halfway well attended. Uh, county council, county commissioner meetings, that's pretty sparse up there. Uh, when we go up, I look around, and we're probably the only public in there that's not employed in the courthouse or by the county. So it's people getting involved. And fortunately, Patty and I are retired, and we have the time to do that. But if you're really concerned about stuff, you got to get involved in that. You're not the uh, you're not the only ones with the time. You're you're the ones that yeah. are putting the effort in. And but if but if you do show up, you can certainly end up finding yourself yeah. on boards and getting involved. It it takes it takes an interest and a pulse is essentially what it takes. And, and the the post that Zach was talking about, people were complaining uh, that we didn't have enough SROs and and different things like that and. It was said that you need to to get with the city council and see what they can do for the police budget, what the school board can do for their budget to hire a couple more full-time SROs because you know what the school budgets are. You know what the county budget is. You know what the city city budget is. We do, and it's tough for all of them. Yep. And they don't realize that there's a shortage of officers available. So what do you do? You've got to become involved and, and let them know that you're worried about that, and they'll find that money somewhere. They'll do without yeah. something else. And the people who are involved make the decisions, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's never anything nefarious. Yeah. It's just a squeaky wheel. It's, yeah, they're the ones that show up, yeah. and you don't. I mean, it's also really interesting just to show up to meetings and then you have an understanding about why some things happen. Like we have mm-hmm. a stoplight that got taken out. They put a stop sign up. It, you would have thought that it was a conspiracy from the bowels of a building somewhere hidden in downtown. Yep. Somebody put that, money in their pocket. Yeah, somebody was lying <laughs> in their pockets. Taking For, listen, I heard, I heard the Parks Department gets $500 every time a stoplight goes down in this town. That's what I heard. <laughs> Yeah. That's how I get my jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the grandkids appear to be getting their jewelry. Yeah. But people, I always tell someone, you have a voice. Use that voice. Be respectful and use that voice. You might not have a vote, but you have a voice. I'm I'm five doors down from getting a vote, but I, I do have a voice. <laughs> I, I do pay the yep. city every month. I pay. I, I write them a check over a hundred dollars. 
You, you have a county voice, though. Oh, I do have a county voice. Sure do. <laughs> and I got this microphone, which is pretty cool, too. Dakota, what do you say? Um, don't have a whole lot. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to basically just uh, to Chase and tell him uh, we celebrated his bachelor party. Chase Payton, we celebrated his bachelor party last weekend. You can hear it on Patreon. Um, excited for him to get married. I've known Katie for a long time at this point. She's great. Chase is great. Excited for both of them. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, very much looking forward to that wedding and uh, got some, got some fun stuff coming up. I think next week's show, we're going to, uh, we're going to be working into a business owner series again. So we're going to be, uh, we'll, we'll just leave that as a teaser, but uh, Thursday next don't week, tell them who. Don't tell the them. 11th. I, I don't want to <laughs> tell anybody anything. Tell stuff happens, uh, but we're going to get back into a little bit of a business owner's uh, uh, routine here. So and, tune and in. I, I want to say one more thing. You go for it. I, I thank you and Dakota, what you guys have done because I've, the election series has always been great because it's been some people that maybe I wouldn't have a chance to talk to, hear their views, the sheriff series that you did, uh, and a lot of other things, just like the business. So you bring out a lot of things that uh, you don't normally hear. So I appreciate what you guys have done over the, the small years. business episodes have turned out to be pr- like a lot more fun even than whatever I, what I expected. I mean, not to say that I expected them to not be fun. I've just had a lot more to our first fun episode. It's it's Uh, better than the racing series, right? But like we had tolerates that. He just calls in. He didn't. Marshall Pruitt's got six million downloads, eight million downloads on his podcast. Dakota's like, the hell with it. I'm not coming. (laughs) By the way, I didn't make the TV broadcast, but if you watch last week's IndyCar race at the beginning during the pre-race, you do see a friend of the show, Mike McCallum. There we go. He pops in there. He's taking a picture of, uh, he's standing right behind James Hinchcliffe, I believe. Very nice. Oh, James, uh, yeah, made him go way back. The mayor hinged down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, looking looking forward to the Peyton wedding. Thank you guys, Mike and Patty. You're awesome. You're very special to the show, and we're glad to glad to finally get Patty on. 263 episodes. We've had we've got the happen? we've got the premium broils now. Yeah. So that's, that's as good as it gets. Yeah, the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> With that, maker. we'll see you all next week. Thank you.